Hey, welcome to the Recruiting Game Podcast. I'm here. Uh, we're on episode number, I think this will be like number 10 um, of the Recruiting Game Podcast. Uh, I'm Trent Luera. I'm here with my guest today, uh, one of my good friends and, and quarterback coaches for a couple of years now, uh, Josh Strong. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Good to be on here. I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, basically, uh, Josh has uh, coached me since I was about gosh, probably like 16 or 15. Yeah. Um, and we've been, you know, good friends since he's guided me through my recruiting journey was a big part of that for sure. Definitely would not be where I am now without him. So I'm super excited to have him on the podcast, kind of talk about uh, what he does. He's also the co-founder of Preps Recruiting, which is a recruiting service, which has done a great job, uh, who I personally worked with. So um, I'll kind of let you take the reins, Josh, just introduce yourself, kind of tell your story a little bit and where you're at now. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate it. And, I, and I'm glad to be on. I think, you know, a lot of this stuff, you know, that, that you're doing, um, uh, you know, through, through your Twitter and just connecting with people and just educating people. I, I think that's the key to all of this is, um, you know, there's really not a, uh, an audio book on, on how to get recruited. And, uh, it's one of those things where, um, you know, it, it takes experience, you know, to kind of know and how to maneuver through it and which you obviously have. And, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, myself as well, but, um, a lot of the educational stuff that I see that you're, you know, talking to kids about and putting out there is really, really good. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super happy, just blessed to be a part of this. Um, as far as, you know, myself, I, uh, you know, I, I had a, a pretty different career high school wise, you know, I was a three sport athlete. Um, I got recruited, you know, to play football and baseball. Um, I got recruited to play basketball a little bit too, but you know, not, not really seriously. Um, and you know, ultimately I, you know, decided to, to go play football at the next level. Um, I had some baseball offers and so I was on conversations with, you know, college football and baseball coaches. Um, and, you know, for, for me, I think the biggest part about my journey that set me up for success, you know, in college and then, you know, playing professionally would be just picking the fit over the name on the jersey. Um, and when you when you pick the fit and when I, you know, chose a school that was a little bit smaller in the, in the state of Alabama, Stillman College, um, and, you know, they asked me to play both sports there, Um it ended up, you know, getting me opportunity to play earlier. I was just more, uh, I, I was valued as a, you know, a, a young person trying to figure things out and compete, you know, on a college level field. And, um, you know, I, I got some good opportunity. I made the most of it, fortunately. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, God guided me a lot, you know, through that process. Um, and just, again, just kind of the randomness of the school that I went to, but I played really small high school sports and, I had a heck of a time getting local universities to recruit me, man. You know, I think that happens for a lot of kids. I, I talk to a lot of families um, every year. And, and a lot of what I do is just like educate families for free on how do they, how do you get recruited? And I'll tell you, I'm always amazed um, on how often local universities refuse to recruit talented kids um, I don't know if it's something where, you know, they, they think, oh, well, we got him, you know, he's in our backyard. And so we're going to look elsewhere. I think there's a little bit of that, a little bit of, you know, well, we're around the high school sports here. They're not that good. And so they get overlooked. And so, you know, um, as far as my journey goes, I, I, I had a dad that was really, really educated on the process or I don't even know if he, and not based off of experience, honestly, just like a lot of logical reasoning, you know, I had a very intelligent dad and he ended up coaching some NAIA football, you know, down the road after I went to college. But, you know, basically what, what we did, you know, before the Twitter and the, uh, the Instagram and, um, you know, we would have like hundreds of, uh, you know, envelopes in our kitchen floor with the university, uh, name and, uh, the coaches we'd send it out to each coach. And so, what I think people miss on is it is a lot of time and effort if you want to get recruited. And, um, you know, the days of a college coach showing up to a game field or a showcase field or a practice field randomly looking for kids just doesn't happen anymore. And it honestly started phasing out that way, you know, in the early 2000s when I was going through my recruiting stuff, you know, in the like the 07, 08, 09, you know, 2010. That's kind of when I went through my stuff. But, um, you know, fortunately, I had a dad that really aggressively marketed me. And so even though I wasn't recruited by a bunch of local universities, um, I was able to, you know, 
get my stuff out there to programs on a national scale. And, and I, you know, I was amazed. I played, you know, eight man football and I played small school baseball and, um, I was able to get recruited by, you know, programs all over the country and even some ones that were pretty surprising. Um, and so, you know, that, that's kind of that. I went to college, I played, you know, started four years in college. Um, you know, I had some injury stuff. I had shoulder surgery. I had some stuff there, but I, you know, ended up, you know, basically fulfilling my, um, you know, sports dream is, as far as playing professionally, you know, I, I didn't make it to the NFL. Um, but I, I bounced around in the CFL. I, I played, you know, indoor professional football for a while. Um, you know, I think I signed with four or five, uh, CFL, uh, you know, teams up there. So I, I had an experience in, in the professional world as well. And, and I can tell you, you know, the crazy thing is professional world is not any different as far as getting, uh, you know, marketing yourself to go play pro football. Obviously you, you have to have good film in college. You have to be productive in college, but it also matters who your agent is and who's helping you, you know, connect the dots out there. And so if you're not getting out to, to pro teams and you're not selling yourself and building relationships like that stuff just doesn't happen unless of course you're a first round, you know, draft pick in the NFL. Like, so for me, I, I see a lot of parallels in that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I had a, a very interesting journey. I, you know, I transferred up to the division one level to Southern Illinois as a grad transfer, you know, before all the really transferring got really crazy. And um, I had a good experience up there too, um, you know, but ultimately um, I, I'm just really grateful and blessed that I was at a place that gave me the opportunity to play. And compete more so, you know, these college coaches usually are not going to say, hey, you're going to come and be a starter, but they gave me a chance to compete and compete early. And um, that was a major difference maker for me. So anyways. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll kind of just jump into what we were talking about a little bit before the podcast. You know, you're kind of talking yeah. about, you know, finding the right fit. Um, you know, like you said, you've, you've educated a lot of families on the recruiting process. Yeah. Um, you know, what's what's kind of some of the things that you feel like people miss uh, when it comes to the recruiting process? Yeah, um, I mean, that's a great question. And you and I have had I mean, we had conversation with this when you were in high school. You oh, yeah. Know, early oh, on. I mean, and, and, and the thing is, you know, the biggest mistake I see families make and it does not matter the sport. You know, we with me, we, we, we do football, baseball and basketball, um, you know, but primarily, you know, football and baseball. Um, at least we have, and we, you know, we recent, recently, you know, added basketball, but my brother played division one basketball too. So I, I was a part of that process. I, I have a lot of friends that played, you know, professionally in basketball, either overseas, even in, in the NBA, um, like pre NBA stuff. And, um, really the process is all the same and the mistakes are all the same. And what, what I mean by the mistakes is every, I don't want to say it's not a hundred percent, but I, I would tell you, I've spoken to, a, you know, thousands of families over the last decade on the recruiting and the overwhelmingly majority entirely skipped the film evaluation process. Um, it's, it's skipped. And so what, what families do is, is they, they, they show up to camps, they spend hundreds of dollars on showcases and, um, you know, baseball really popular is travel ball, which, you know, all these things have a place in the recruiting. I'm not denying that, that you shouldn't go to those things, but if you show up to those things, thinking that that is going to be where you're going to initially get evaluated and have direct contact, you're, you're unfortunately wrong. Um, and so, you know, a lot of what I family, you know, I educate families on is just put together the resume or like a cover letter or information on your son, um, or daughter for that matter. And, put together some good film. And even if it's not, you know, depending on the sport, obviously football is more of a game film thing, but you know, basketball film, uh, baseball film, like that can be put out in a workout setting and it can be a very controlled environment. And so, you know, Trent, you played baseball and, you know, if you would have marketed yourself for baseball and continued on your senior, you probably would have had some, you know, smaller level opportunities as well. And it's one of those things where, um, you have to get that on college coaches desks. Okay. Tweeting it out is great you know, posting it on your Instagram is fine, but you know, there's 7 billion Twitter users. You have to physically and directly send it out and it has to be very, very consistent. And it has, I mean, it has to be weekly Monday through Friday. You can't wait till the weekend when coaches aren't in the office. You can't send it out late at night when you're laying in bed, you have to allocate specific times for yourself. And, um, you have to, you know, essentially market yourself. And, you know, ultimately, 
today's day and age is just different with the NIL stuff, you know, and, and everyone's mindset on the NIL stuff, you know, really the NIL is only affecting, you know, a 1% of college prospects. However, and then maybe it's a little more than that, but it's a low percentage. However, um, recruiting is just a business anyways. And these college coaches are getting paid to recruit and uh, find the best players for their team. And so if you are not marketing yourself or your son or prospect like he is a business or she is a business, the reality is, is that you are going to not have a ton of opportunity. And, um, you know, even for, you know, I, I've talked to families, well, we sent out some emails to 10 schools. Okay. Well, there's a thousand in the United States, thousand plus for baseball or football. And, you know, again, I'm not sitting here saying that if, um, you know, let's just put myself in the, in, in the recruiter shoes. Like I'm not saying that I, I'm interested in every a thousand, you know, school, every thousand school in America, but, you know, ultimately traction and exposure, they allow you to leverage interest and they allow you to, even in some cases, I know for my recruiting specifically, it allowed me to leverage scholarship dollars from one program to the other. I will never forget this. This is a funny story. This is before, you know, Jackson state was really Jackson state. Uh, coach Kamaji was there at the time and um, they had offered me a full scholarship and so did Alcorn state. So, you know, two HBCUs swack, um, in, in the state of Mississippi, I visited both. And then Stillman College, which is actually located in um, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, they got a, at the time they had a good football program, they had a really good baseball program, um, and they still have a really good baseball program. Um, I had went to Stillman, and, you know, the other ones are Division One, and Stillman was Division Two, and so we met, and, you know, my mom was on the visit, and um, I, basically they offered me. So they offered me when I was there um, officially. They had verbally offered me on the phone, but they offered me officially. They wanted to make sure that it was official. And, um, you know, they said that the money that they were going to get me was, you know, X, Y, and Z. And, you know, to go away from home, I, I basically, I wasn't going to settle for, you know, basically not something that wasn't uh, close to a full scholarship or a full scholarship. And so, you know, me and my mom were like, well, look, we love, we love Stillman. It's probably a better fit than the other places, but, you know, Jackson and Alcorn stayed off from a full scholarship. If you want me, you're going to have to match that. And we, we said it point blank period. You could call my college coach up on the phone and he'd tell you, yes, that's how it went. And so it was as simple as this. He made a call to the athletic director, 15 minutes later, boom, I was offered a full scholarship. And so, you know, parents, a lot of times in, in families, they don't understand that that's kind of how it works in a lot of cases. You know, there's a lot of parameters for regular students in college. Athletes don't really need to abide by those parameters. It's, Hey, you know, well, we, we've applied a lot of, you know, folks I talked to, well, we've applied to these schools and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go on a visit. And, you know, my first question is, are you talking to the college coaches within that program? Well, no, we're going to try to get in contact. Okay. Don't waste your time and money applying to a school. I've seen kids, you know, I've seen kids get accepted to a school in two days, three months after the deadline because they're athletes. And so those parameters don't really matter, you know, but, but, you know, back to the original discussion of getting, Traction and exposure allows you to just change the game, you know, and, and I, I use this parallel and I, and I try to create some metaphors that just kind of get people to understand this is no one wants to date you until you start dating someone. And then what happens? And so it's the same, it's the same concept. And if you're not really systematic and you're not calculated with that these days, when it comes to football, when it comes to baseball and even basketball recruiting, it, everyone wants to go do it, whether they love the game that's the same question. A lot of it, you know, is what, what the game brings to them and what they can post on Twitter. College coaches would probably agree when they say that. And so um, you have to, you have to stand out in a lot of different ways. And the first process has to be, I have to get evaluated through film. I have to. If I don't, um, I have no chance, really. I have none. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I completely agree with what, exactly what you said i mean <clears throat> from the marketing standpoint to finding the right to fit i think and then what you touch about the, the scholarship negotiation i think that's like such a big point that people miss is like yeah those numbers that they give you they can they can be messed around and same with the application stuff like it's it's not set in stone just because a, a coach gives you an offer breakdown and it says this number like you can you can negotiate that and having those other offers gives you so much leverage it's like it's yeah it's, it, it is business at the end of the day. Like there's yeah. a lot well, going on. Yeah. 
and and you know, look, I had um, one of my one of my mentors. He coaches for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Um, he he won a Super Bowl uh, two years ago. Um, he's, he was on Arian's staff, and you know, he's on uh, Todd Bowles' staff now. And he uh, he coached at Alabama. He coached at Florida. He coached at Michigan. Um, worked with a lot of pro guys and, you know, he was the head of quarterback recruiting in the SEC. Okay. On national championship teams. And he would always tell me, look, we, we would have trophy fish and we'd have live well fish. Okay. And I don't, for, for those who aren't fishermen, what the live well is, is, um, if you're, you know, in a bass fishing tournament, um, you only can accept a certain amount of fish. You only can submit a certain amount of fish and those fish, obviously you want to be the heaviest in weight. Um, but on the flip side, you don't know what your next catch is going to be. So you'll cast in, right? You'll catch like, oh, well, that's a three-pound bass. I'm going to put that in the live well. If I don't catch a five, that's what I'm going to have to roll with, okay? And so, you know, with recruiting, again, it's one of those things where if you get recruited by three schools and um, they're interested in you, but you're not getting interest from anything beyond that, they're going to sit on you and they're going to consider you a live well fish. Even if you're really, really talented, like honestly, even if you're really, really talented, they're going to sit on you. Like honestly, they're, they're, their job, no matter what, they could have Cam Newton as QB1, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, Bryce Young as QB1. But if you don't think Nick Saban is trying to go and find the next guy better than Bryce Young, currently you're wrong. And so, you know, what you have to what you have to understand is you got to get more interest from other places in programs. You can't be content with three until you sign pen to paper. I, you know, for for me, you know, I, I place my a lot of my stuff based off of how I would handle if, if if one of my boys was going through it, and you know they're too young now. But going through the process, like you can verbally offer, my son could even verbally commit. That does not mean that I'm not going to make sure that he's still marketing himself and I'm helping marketing his stuff out to other programs because nothing is guaranteed until pen is signed to paper. And nowadays, even pen to paper is not guaranteed. I, I've, I've heard of horror stories in, in baseball uh, recruiting in Texas Tech. You know, for me personally, I was, uh, you know, a quick little story. I was, um, I was grad transferring from Stillman. Uh, and so I had a free transfer. I didn't have to sit out. I was going to grad school. I had completed my undergraduate classes and Stillman was kind of going through a rough patch financially. And the, the, the following year, they actually had to cut the program. Um, but anyways, I was, um, I had a lot of interest. I, uh, I had a lot of interest from, uh, mid-major division one, even a couple power five division ones, and then some division two programs. And so I went on some visits. I'll never forget. I was sitting in class and, um, you know, again, I came from really humble beginnings. So we're talking no stands in my high school, you know, football field and baseball field. Like people are parking their trucks and getting old sofas and watching the game. Okay. In the, in the back. Um, and so I remember I, I had a, a, a guy from Texas, Austin, Texas, call me on the phone. I'm in class and I'm like, man, there's no way, like, come on. And then all of a sudden I, I, I listened to voicemail. It's uh, it's Sean Watson. He, so he was Teddy Bridgewater's coach up at Louisville. And he called me up. He's like, man, we really like you. Um, and at this point, my dad was literally helping me send out email. I mean, I'm in college, I'm doing full load classes. So plus I'm this, I was a starting quarterback. Plus I was rehabbing shoulder surgery. So I was busy. And so my dad was helping me send that stuff out. And, um, he's like, look, I, you know, this is basically a, a verbal offer. You know, I don't want you to post anything yet, which is obviously a red flag. Now I don't want you to post anything yet. I got to run back and talk with, um, uh, who, who was it? It was, uh, Charlie strong at the time. Um, and so I'm, I'm geeked, I'm excited. And I had had some other smaller division one and division two schools already offer me. And, um, again, this is before Twitter leverage and using all that stuff and posting your stuff. This is just like real recruiting. Okay. Um, anyways, two weeks come later, don't hear anything, right? Don't hear anything. And I'm like, man, so I'm trying to get a hold of him. And eventually he called me back and said, Hey, it's not going to work out, which was fine. I had some other small division one offers, and, um, I ended up, uh, going on a couple of visits and I verbally committed to Austin P state university. Um, and they are in Clarksville, Tennessee, about 45 minutes North of Nashville, really good location. Um, my thing for transferring was I had to find a place where I had a really good shot at starting because I wanted to go play pro. I had some NFL scouts, um, already in contact with me. And some agents are already talking to me and I had to find a place where I could play. I couldn't be a grad transfer 
and go to a place where I, I wasn't going to get a good shot to compete. And you know, these coaches, they say whatever they want to just try to beef up their quarterback room. So I had to be pretty careful and cautious. Anyways, I commit to Austin P State verbally. I told the other programs, no, I think UT Martin offered me uh, Charleston Southern. I had some other really good Division II programs and also some other Division I schools uh, recruit and offer me. And um, their coaching staff gets fired. So their coaching staff gets fired, which, again, is a major – I'm scrambling now. Um, but their interim, one of the guys who's on my recruiting trip, the interim and the athletic director called me up. The interim drove like six hours to see me. And say, hey, look, we're just trying to maintain your verbal commitment, okay? The new coaching staff's going to come in. And um, <laughs> your, your offer's here. You're our quarterback for next year. We need you. We don't have anything, okay? Just wait till, uh, give us, you know, till signing day for transfers, which is, you know, December at the time. I, you know, I think things have changed a little bit, but at December at the time. So I was like, okay, cool. So signing day comes. They haven't hired a new coach. Hey, man, I need to sign paperwork, like, we're talking about me moving to a, you know, across the country. I'm from the Northwest, across the country, and starting my grad program. Like I don't have anything in line, so we we got to get this going. Josh, just be patient. It's two weeks. The AD already talked to me. Everything's locked in. It's just two weeks. We'll have a guy. Okay. So they hire a guy two weeks later. This is uh, you know, I think December twenty third. They hire a new guy. So you know, a Merry Christmas, and. Uh, they hire Will Healy and staff. And I, I think he's at Charlotte now, you know, I'm not trying to put anyone on blast, but it, it is what it is. You know, I mean, it is what it is. Will Healy, they, they hire a guy, you know, in Will Healy and um, he had come from university of Tennessee at Chattanooga, young, good recruiter, good coach. And he had a good staff. He actually turned their program around um, completely. And I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to go. And crickets didn't hear back. Didn't hear back from the interim coach. Didn't hear back from the AD. Try to get in contact with the new staff. Crickets. And at this point, everyone else had already signed. Okay? Literally everyone. I There was no spots left. And the other programs didn't want me anyways because I didn't want them. I mean, I, at the end of the day, I had verbally committed somewhere else. And so, um, you know, me and my dad were trying to get a hold of these guys. And eventually, they, they you know, they say, hey, yeah, you don't have a scholarship here. Which is wild. You know, for me, I... I mean, they haven't sent a quarterback to go play anything beyond college ever. So I would have been the best quarterback probably in the history of their program, just being honest, just based off of statistical in college and beyond, which, you know, maybe that's arguable. I don't know. I have a lot of confidence in, my, confidence in myself, but they didn't even evaluate my tape. If they would have evaluated their tape, they probably would have won some games that following year, but they didn't, right? And so that was a really, really ugly situation. So I'm scrambling. Now I have them thinking i got to go to Division two, and – um I ended up messaging, uh, you know, uh, Coach Hill on Facebook, who was just the new uh, coach, youngest Division One coach in the history of Division One. Just got a job at Southern Illinois University, and that's where I ended up committing. And they brought me on, and you know, again, I, I had a, I, I enjoyed my my senior year there, and I got to start and you know experience some really good things and and some hardships. But um, you know, ultimately, back to the original point is. You have to you have to really watch out for yourself, and you got to keep your your interests. Um, you know, your, your best interest needs to be with, with you. And you just got to be careful because that is a story that happens all the time. And, um, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I tell families a lot. Of, I was, I was actually started reading a book. It's called uh, neutral mind thinking. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's, it's something like that. Something with just neutral thinking. But, you know, the reason I tell families that I think that they should have a part in their kids recruiting. Absolutely. The athlete needs to take responsibility for their recruiting, but Teenage kids, young young kids in their twenties, it's really hard not to be emotionally connected, and um, you have to have a neutral business mindset. You're going to have more nos than yeses unless you're a point zero one percent of the prospects. You're going to have more nos than yeses. Even if you're going to go Division One, you're going to have more nos than yeses because what's going to happen is you're going to you know if I get a mid major offer to Middle Tennessee State University to go pitch, but I want to go to LSU, LSU might not be interested in me, and so. You, you just got to approach it as a business mindset and, and understand that um, these guys are going to tell you a lot of things. You you have to just focus on the, the program that is a good fit for you. But, you know, most importantly, they value you and you're going to get an opportunity to play there or at least compete to play. And, and honestly, that's that's really all you can ask. So, yeah, and it's, it's I, I was talking about this last episode with, uh, with one of my roommates and 
um, you know, we were talking about that, like sixth sense of like being able to pick up on a coach when they're kind of like, uh, you're saying some stuff that's like, I don't know. I don't know if I really trust you there. And it's like, that's such a big part is having, having that, yeah. that sense of like being able to tell when a coach is, you know, maybe not telling the full truth. And that way you can kind of avoid those situations where so many people walk into where they're like, they step on campus and next thing you know, they, they told, they told them they weren't going to switch positions. Now they're switching positions or like, you know, Hey, you're going to compete, yeah. but now you're not even close. You're not getting sniffing anything. And, uh, yeah. You just have to kind of get a feel for that and notice those red flags. Yeah, you, you can. And also, too, I, I would just say, you know, it, it, sometimes it's really hard to even get a feel for yeah. it. Um, but when you do have a feel, again, you don't run away from that situation. You definitely don't commit to that situation, but you don't run away from that situation. What you do is you utilize that relationship and that recruiting just like they are doing for you. And so what, what you say is, is, oh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I remember, um, you know, the kids I've worked with in the past with, you know, the three sports recruiting and then also, you know, just um, myself personally. One of the first questions these programs ask is, is who's recruiting you? Who's recruiting you? Who's in contact with you? A lot of these guys, you know, and this may offend some college coaches, but it's one of those things where I don't really know if they evaluate kids like they say they do. You know, are, I mean, how many kids are they really, really sitting down as a staff and watching um, because I, I mean, I, I see kids miss all the time. I have seen, I've seen some, um, I mean, and I play, and I played with kids at the division two level, which they should have had no, no business playing division two and not to knock on division two, division two is unbelievable quality athletics. Um, I mean, I, some of the best players and prospects, I, I mean, I, I had players at positions on my division two that were better than players, you know, at my division one, you know, just being totally honest. So for me, a lot of that stuff's interchangeable. And I think parents too, they don't understand that the discrepancy, the difference between division two and division one is like, like this, it's like barely anything, you know, people are like, well, we're just, we're, you know, we, we, we're just going to see how things happen in senior year and worst case scenario, we'll go division two. Ah, that's not how that works. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just doesn't work like that. Um, and so, you know, but yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta mind your P's and Q's when it's coming to, you know, communication with these coaches. And, and again, it's one of those things where this is a business, these coaches, most of them at the collegiate level, most of them do not care for you personally. Okay. You are, you know, and some do, okay. I'm not going to say it's not a universal thing and some do, and, and maybe more, but you know, a lot more do once you get on campus, but Ultimately, these guys are trying to win football, baseball, or basketball games, and their job is to find the best, you know, uh, players possible to, to allow them to do that. And sometimes it's not even to do that. Sometimes it's just, you know, the best possible player just to fill a spot. And so, you know, you kind of got to find the differences between that. And, you know, the other thing too, that I didn't even really talk about, you know, too much was everyone wants to talk and blame the transfer portal for recruiting, you know, craziness and chaos these days. Well, how about the coaching portal? The coaching portal is almost as, as fluid as the transfer portal. And so, you know, it, it, you, you have to, you have to cast a wide net. It, you know, most prospects, 99% of prospects are going to need to send it out to programs, at least regionally or to multiple regions if they really expect to get recruited. Um, you know, I know on the West coast, you know, that's, that's where you're at. That's where I grew up at. Um, how many division two programs, you know, football wise are on the West coast. There's zero or in California, there's zero, you know, and, and there's a couple up in Washington state where I'm from a you know, one or two in Oregon. Um, there's none in Arizona. Well, actually, no, there's none in Arizona. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where you, you got to, if you're serious about playing at the next level, like you're going to have to go out and, 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 and just mark yourself to, to different um, regions and in, di in different situations. And what that will do is, is it's going to maximize your exposure if you can do a good job of it yeah big time big time yeah i think too many people walk in on on one area or they try to, to stay too close to home and i mean i guess it's just figuring out what what your fit is is like if you want to stay close to home if that's a big priority to you then hey like yeah, on the west coast it's hard i mean we, we all know we both know that yeah. it's really hard if you're on the west coast because yeah. if you're not if yeah. you're not a division one guy you're just probably not gonna find a spot unless i mean yeah like you said. and even then even if you're a division one guy it's like i mean you know, you got the Pac-12, I mean, and, and really it's just, it's tough. And, and you know, here's my argument on that. 
when, when, when families say, look, he's super serious about going to play, but he only wants to go within a six hour radius. Okay. Well, look, if your son's six hours away and he plays college baseball or football, this is a year round thing. You guys, it's, he's not coming yeah. home. Yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's not coming home. I mean, honestly, he's going to come home on Thanksgiving, Christmas and summer for a month. After that, you know, baseball, he's not coming home over the summer. So he'll have a little break in the fall and he'll have a little break in the winter. Um, for football, you know, it's a couple weeks. This is a full-time job. That is what he's going to be around. So, you know, for me, his entire, I mean, and, and again, people get confused with the social fit and the academic fit. You know, look, if, if, if you're going to be a, a physicist or you're going to be a, you know, a, a rocket scientist, then okay, you can be really specific. The average college student changes their major three to five times, okay? Um, and 90% of the, you know, an athlete in college like yourself who's going through it, like everything is going to be predicated around what? Yeah. Football for you. It's it. It's it. You know, and, and yes, your academics matter. I'm not arguing that. But, you know, in today's market, an undergraduate degree is really not getting you too much. So if you if you want to go make money and be successful in academia, you're going to have to go to grad school anyways, and you can be a lot more hyper specific then, um, because you don't have to worry about you know sport fit. But what I see, and I know this was true for me, is the the athletic fit to me is the most important for athletes because the rest just kind of takes care of itself, um, and, and that is because your your world revolves around athletics. If you are a college athlete, there's no downtime; it's constant. Even on weeks where you're not playing. You have full-time weights, conditioning, and in, in many programs, you're going to have multiple meetings a week. And so that's your life. If you want to go do it, it's a lot of fun. I loved it. It's not for everyone, but if you want to go do it, that's what you need to expect. And so, you know, all the other extra stuff is great and fine in the city location, all that stuff's fine. But, you know, if you're in, um, what's a, what's a, I mean, I don't even know if you're, if you're in Eugene, Oregon and, um, you know, you're a, a walk-on at the University of Oregon for for the baseball, you know, program, um, and you're not even getting at bats in practice. You're not even getting, you know, a chance to compete in practice. You're just shagging balls or you know, getting very minimal reps. At some point, it doesn't become worth it. Like the benefits aren't there. Like honestly, it just doesn't. I mean, it's it's grueling. You know what the conditioning's yeah. like. I was talking to, uh, I was talking to, you know, um, you know, Jaden, uh, Mandel, who, you know, he's at Fresno state, you know, playing quarterback. We were talking yesterday, look, that conditioning is, it makes you question whether you want to be doing this, that running the lifting weights. Like it is, I'm not going to compare it to, you know, military type stuff because I think that's a whole different sacrifice, obviously. Um, but when we're talking about breaking you down mentally, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. Um, and you know, some programs are worse than the others. Um, and I, you know, that's a different conversation. I, I don't, the, the strength conditioning side of things, I think there's some really, really good ones out there. I think there's some really bad ones out there, even at the higher division one ranks, but you know, that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, but again, it's one of those things where your, your happiness, a lot of times, or your contentment with where you're at is going to be predicated simply off of, are you, are you getting a chance to compete and get reps? That's yeah. it. Yeah, the academic though, the, I I just never never like I always knew like the whole time, like even my parents, you know, they they cared about the academic fit a little bit, but it's just it's not like unless you're going to Stanford or Ivy League, or Cal, or like just a really really big yeah. school that like everybody knows the degree on there, it just doesn't really it doesn't really yeah. matter at the end of the day, like. It, it honestly doesn't. It doesn't. And I've talked to like veteran veteran college advisors that specifically work with athletes that have went and played in the MLB that have went and played uh, professional in the NFL. And, and like, I've talked to multiple and they all tell me the same exact, like, honestly, this doesn't really matter unless it says Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Cal, Stanford. Um, and even then like, okay, what degree are you getting? I, I have a good friend, um, you know, who played quarterback at Cal. Um, what degree are you getting at Cal? Is it, I mean, I mean, seriously, if it's not, a, if it's not like, if it's just a baseline degree, what does that mean? You're going to have to go to grad school anyways. And then, you know, in grad school, that's where you can, you know, basically specialize for me. That, that's where you can get the mindset of, okay, I can go apply to grad schools. And I think also too, and, and you know this, but the type of, um, what can I say? Uh, the type of 
marketing ability and then also just like connections that you can build as a college athlete they go really you know they go really far i i have a lot of friends um and former teammates and you know just acquaintances who you know career-wise have have been really boosted because of college athletics and i know me specifically you know um you know i own preps recruiting with my brother and all of all of our stuff that we have is based off of like relationships from the past and relationships and networking through you know college athletics and so that goes even a long ways and on top of that you know athletes get the free tutoring they get i mean you guys are get whatever you guys were our job their job is to make you pass classes and be successful in the classroom if you aren't their job is at risk you know if you've got a, a team's got a low gpa well the, the you know the coach is responsible for that at the end of the day and so i've seen you know i've seen some really good athletes who weren't really that smart you know pass classes like well, how did that happen well they, they there's a lot of stuff that goes on where they, they assist, you know, they're not, you know, just straight up Derek Rose cheating on an SAT for it, but it's one of those things where they, they're extending all the help that you guys need. And some families are worried about that. And I tell them that same thing. It's just like, look, they're going to make sure. Can he show up to class? Can he turn in his work? Okay. If he's, if he's not going to be a nuclear physicist, he's going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it, I, I just think that's something that, that gets way, way too talked about is like the academic fit. It's just definitely, definitely, definitely a little bit yeah. overrated. Definitely a little bit overrated. I, I think that's yeah. the best way to say it. Yeah, I think it is. Now, again, if the kid's absolutely hyper-specific on one thing and he knows he wants to be a chemical engineer, okay, well, then you can mark yourself to chemical engineering schools. You know, you can go to the, the School of Mines in South Dakota, North Dakota, yeah. Rose Holman. Um, you know, you, you, got, you, you, you worked out Ricky, with, you know – yeah, Ricky. Yeah, and he's yeah, exactly. Ricky started at Rose Holman. I mean, that's one of the top engineering schools in the pro, in, in the country, if yeah. not the top. Um, you know, and my you know my my grandfather you know graduated from uh, MIT. So there's some hyper specific stuff that goes on when it comes to engineering those types of things. But you know, just statistically, most of those kids they say they're going to do that and they don't. You know, you you get into uh, you know calculus in college and things are a little different. It's it's a little bit of a change. It's a yeah. little bit of a change. Um, and your stuff, you know, you went to the junior college level too. Again, I, I, I don't think it is much, is it as much now, but in certain sports and some certain families, you know, JUCO is almost taboo. It's like, oh, I don't want to go to junior college. Like, hey, I mean, look, you guys, it's it's a cheaper way to get your associates. And if, if you need more film and playing time, I mean, there's a lot of kids and prospects that get completely elevated by, you know, junior college oh, programs. Yeah. Um, when, when I talk to a lot of baseball families, everyone's really pro junior college football families. It, it, it kind of, it kind of varies, but you know, they're like, well, you know, it's, I get a lot of, um, well, you know, we're, we're, we're going to just going to go to the local JUCO. Okay. Which is fine. But the odds of the local junior college being his best fit for junior college in the United States, it's not there. So like there's about 500 others. Okay. And, um, you know, you just want to make sure that one, you still need to market yourself to four-year programs, just like you did when you were doing it for football. Like, it can't just be like, I'm just going to go JUCO. I don't have to worry about this right now. No, you need to build relationships with four-year schools if you want to transfer out of junior college. And so people skip that step too, especially in the baseball recruiting. It's like, oh, well, we're just going to go to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go to, uh, uh, you know, Tyler JUCO. And, and that's where that's where we're going to be. We're going to go to Butte and, you know, we'll figure it out from there. Like, you have to start building those relationships now. It matters. It all matters. And the college coaching tree is so connected, whether they switch jobs, they all know each other and they will literally follow you and you can still maintain relationship throughout your entire process. Would, would oh, you say that was true for you? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, like just having those yeah. relationships helped me yeah. get opportunities that, you know, I wouldn't have had if I didn't have those relationships and I kept that throughout the whole thing, exactly. I kept on checking them, yeah. checking in on them and, they see me on Twitter throughout the whole thing. And so when it finally came time to like go somewhere, they were like, they checked in and we had those conversations and yeah, I had one coach from a D two, like we talked in high school, he offered me a PWO. He liked me a lot during then. And he was always like, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to recruit you once you're done with Juco literally drove up to Santa Barbara. He's there. Uh, it was up from St. Anselm, the head coach from St. Anselm. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is a which oh, is yeah. a long way. He was just in the area. They were kind of doing some JUCOs, but he drove hour and a half, met me at the the stadium at like eight thirty at night, and we talked for a good while. And he just kind of was like, "Hey, I wanted to take some time to, to talk to you and, and get to finally meet you in person." And this is from a conversation I had yeah. from like 
three years ago. So that was one opportunity yeah. there that, you know, if I didn't stay in touch, I, I would never have that. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. That's a great point. And, and, um, that's a great example too. Tell me, you know, you and I have had, especially like when you were, you know, early high school days and a lot of what you and I, or, you know, when I was, you know, kind of just going through the recruiting with you and just talking to you like, um, you know, relationship building. So yeah. that's the next step that no one talks about. Right. It's like, it's that, and, and arguably, um, you know, it's, it's equally as important. I don't think it's as important as film evaluation. Um, I think film evaluation has to come first, but the next step is, is like just selling yourself and building relationships and just being able to, uh, you know, talk to college coaches. I saw one of your tweets the other day. I was just laughing because, you know, the, the amount of times one kids direct messages aren't open is crazy Two one word replies and answers one word replies and answers. This is a coach that, I mean, and this may sound dramatic, but it's the absolute truth. There are literally thousands of dollars at, at stake here. One word answers, um, not doing research on a program. You know, I, I know for, for us, like at preps recruiting, you know, what we do is we, we just kind of take over and we send off the film for prospects, but you know, we have an entire uh, online database of every university's information. So, you know, that, that stuff's important. The location, the type of, um, you know, the, the type of system that they run when it comes to football, um, you know, the type of success they've had or, or the type of, you know, baseball program that they have, like stuff like that, like that stuff really matters. And if you can't, you know, just relate to that type of stuff or find a way to, you know, bring it up in conversation, there's going to be a small percentage of kids who do, and they're going to absolutely pass you up on the recruiting board. So you, you talk a little bit about that, but we, we had a lot of conversations about, Hey, look, this is what you kind of got to say. And I, I feel like you've always been a really, you've always done a really good job with that. Um, just in general, you, you know, you speak and you communicate really well, but talk to, you know, talk about that. I, I think that's something that definitely needs. Yeah, to be no, I mean, I think, I definitely look back at it and I'm like, I, I wish I could, I think I could have done a better job, but I mean, that's, that's always retrospect. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's just such a big part. For it's sure. like not the, like, yeah, the one word answers is just ridiculous. I was talking to, I live with one of the coaches that is on staff. He's, you know, like assistant, um, in the house here. And he was telling me yeah. like talking to some of the recruits that he had a text and it's like just so hard to d- talk to him. So I, yeah, I was always the same way. Like just, you know, Hey, like I'll, you know, just acknowledge what they said, ask them a question, you know, keep the conversation going. Um, but yeah, like just, just have real conversations with people. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like one of your buddies and, and making jokes left and right, but, you know, be interested in the person and, and learn more about them. And that'll go a long way in the process. Yeah. Um, and then just like, like not even, and you don't yeah. have to get super personal, like, but just asking them, you know, Hey, like, what have you done in the past or, or what's going on over at the school? And they'll kind of open up and it'll go from there. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. And- no, a lot of people like, you know, talk to me about your career, you know, I mean, what, what I don't think prospects realize is, is like the guy that's recruiting you, you know, there's a big round table in every coaching office. Right. And so these guys individually bring up kids. They all sit down and they all evaluate their tape and they'll say, these are the conversations that I had with this kid. This kid knows more about this university than the kid you're recruiting. I think we should go with this kid. So, you know, these guys fight and they advocate for these prospects that they're in, you know, direct contact with. And sure, you know, most programs, baseball and football and basketball, all three sports. And again, I don't really know anything beyond the other sports. Those are the most popular sports for recruiting. And they're also the most um, competitive sports for recruiting, I would say, as far as just like a physical number. Um you want to, you you want to basically understand that you're competing with other coaches recruiting kids in different regions. They each have different parts of the country, and so you you want to you want to stand out. And sometimes that's a little bit of you know arrogance, but also you know being. You know, sometimes it's coach. Listen, I'm. I would love to be a part of your program. I watched you guys last year on tape. Um, I also watched some of your games. I think I, you know, I don't think there's anyone better in the, in the 2024, 2025 class that, uh, you know, um, would fit your offense better than me. Um, I'd love to get on a phone call with you. It, it also to, you know, I know you guys looked at my film, you know, what are some things that I can work on? Stuff like that goes a long ways. Um, and, and, you know, 
kids, again, kids, I get it. I understand, man. I was just, I was seven, you know, 17, 16 year old, you know, and I, fortunately, like I said, I had a dad that was really good at that stuff and, you know, it helped me out. But, um, yeah, that if, if anyone can learn anything on the relationship building, like continue conversation, man. It will, go, conversation. it will go such a long way, so. which is just, it's, it's literally like, literally just if you continue your conversation, you're, you're in the top percentile of, of recruits. Like you just increase your chances so much if you just do that. Cause they'll, they'll at least like see that, you know, you can, you can hold a conversation and like, they don't want, just think about if you're a coach, like you're going to spend a lot of time with a recruit or not a recruit, but like, if you're on the team, you're going to be spending a lot of time with your, like guys like yourself. They do not want to bring in a kid who cannot hold a conversation yes. and is weird in meetings and in practice and like, like yes. think about the best players you've ever met. Like yeah. they, they were all really cool dudes. They could hold conversations. They could talk yep. and they were, they were going to be around. And that's yep. yeah, they, they were, they were good. They were good. They were good hangs and they are guys that you want in your room. You know? Uh, yeah. I mean the, the two cool, like my, I've seen a lot of kids. I've, I've worked with kids. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm like really cool. Like I'm, I don't really want to, you know, go into depth stuff for me. You know, all that is, is just, a young kid just being insecure of, of, you know, not knowing what to say and thinking that they're going to get made fun of or whatever. But, you know, again, when it comes to the highly competitive sports, man, like it's not, it's not about you. Okay. These coaches are bringing you in to win games. They're, they're jobs. That's how they get paid. Okay. Uh, No matter what level in college in the NCAA in the NAIA in junior college, these guys are getting paid to feed their families. So if you cannot be a professional, you know, it's at 17, especially at your position playing quarterback at 17, oh, yeah. you better act. Oh, 30. Yeah. That's the, that's the, and I've heard some guy. Yeah. You, you, and, and, and I mean, even it doesn't even matter your position. Like if you're, if you really want to be a successful college athlete, you, you better, you better act 10 years wiser yeah. than what you are. Um, j- just point blank period. That's, that's, you know, I, I, I think, I, I think, you know, you got to force kids to grow up a little bit. And, and again, we're talking about thousands of dollars on the line at the end of the day. It, it, it is that. It is 100% that. Um, even a partial scholarship to go play baseball where they split it up. I mean, split that up, times that by five uh, school years, times that by, you know, 10 semesters. Okay. That's that's something that you wouldn't be get going that you would have to either A, take out student loans or um, you yeah. know, B, pay it. No, I think the, so. like you said, with the quarterbacks, it's like, I mean, I think of quarterbacks and we both think that way because we work quarterbacks and, and I mean, obviously you still train quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like we're around them all the time, yeah. but yeah, like with any other position, but yeah, quarterback, especially like if you have to act confident, because when you think about it, like I didn't realize I'm out of high school, cause they're kind of talking to me like, oh yeah, like they're not thinking, oh, this kid's going to come in and start a right away. But like as a JUCO transfer, that's what they're talking to you about. Like they're not calling you to be like. Oh, hey, we want you to come and develop. Yeah. Like they're like, hey, we want you to come over and take over our program and go win games. Like there's yeah. no question about it. And so like you have yes. to talk confidently because yeah. that's what they're looking for. Like they want you to come in and step in yeah. right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and again, there is a small, small, small percentage of kids that are just so gifted and talented that these coaches are, you know, head over heels for it regardless. And they make all the types of excuses. But you know those guys usually don't pan out in college, just being honest. I mean, from what I see professionals, you know, film work, workouts, training, all that stuff. And then on the field, I mean, that stuff just takes care of itself. Um, you know, simply put, it just takes care of itself with the most successful college quarterbacks and honestly, even prospects period, like their mindset's different. And any college athlete will tell you in their locker room, they knew which guys were going to be guys. Everyone, you know, Everyone that, again, I don't want to say everybody, but the majority, again, of families and, and the prospects I talk with, their whole mind says, I just got to get to, I'm just trying to get to college. Like, I want to focus on just landing the best offer possible and getting there. That is a great feat, but it's the start of it. And everyone gets to college and you have a clean slate. For, I mean, that's why, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to Alabama. You know, I lived in Tuscaloosa, so I was, you know, I, I have, you know, there, we were around their teammates all the time, you know, in Tuscaloosa. And I would hear Nick Saban's stories passed down. We would hear all that stuff. And I, I, I love just watching, you know, Alabama football, SEC football, but also to um, Saban's like, you know, process just one day at a time, one play at a time, that type of approach. And all the best coaches and programs in the country have, you know, it's trickled down. Now, do they implement it within themselves, which trickles down the team? Again, different story. But that's, that's what they do. It's one of those things where it's a clean slate. He has five stars that don't play. 
for them and they don't even touch the field. And so it's not enough. If you want to be a successful college athlete, it's not enough about getting to college. You, you have to find the right fit. Um, you have to market yourself appropriately. And then when you get there, the real work begins. Um, and I think most prospects miss that. I think most kids miss that. And that's why most kids don't play in college. And, you know, I don't even have the statistics on this, but I would be very interested to know the percentage of kids that signed to go play at four-year, oh, two-year programs. Do I they was finish? Say, I was going to say the exact same thing because I was program. thinking probably, the exact same thing. There's, it's got to be, it's got to be yeah. pretty, pretty high, shockingly high. I think it would be shockingly high. I think it would be even higher if you oh, said yeah, finished be, and, be and where they started. Not with so, yeah, and 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 and, and you know you know, before, you know, we, we wrap this up and stuff, like even with the transfer portal too, like again, and maybe we can talk about that a different day, but, uh, you know, the transfer portal, it's like majority of these kids are not resigning to new programs for the transfer portal. So, I mean, I, I have literally talked to, I had a, I had a kid that I, uh, he was a quarterback. I, I was advising him and his family at San Diego state. He was a four-star at Arizona. Uh, his dad convinced him to transfer. Hey, this is Trenton here, just um, coming from you in the future. Sadly, the last four minutes of this episode got cut off. Um, not that there was too much more to go over, but um, basically just kind of wrapped up the episode, talked about that. We might do a, a future episode talking specifically about the transfer portal, which would be awesome. We were both hyped up about that. Um, but yeah, I just want to leave you kind of with at least something explaining why the video cut off. Um, and again, appreciate you watching the podcast. Uh, feel free to, you know, whatever platform you're watching this on, Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Twitter, make sure to leave a follow. Um, if you can give a rating, that'd be awesome. Um, stay tuned for more episodes like this. And then uh, be sure to follow Josh. Uh, Josh has a, um, Twitter, Josh Strong. Um, and then also he runs a prep recruiting, preps recruiting that we, we brought up a couple times. If you're interested in their services, definitely look out, uh, reach out to them. Um, they have a free app that's super useful. So, um, can't recommend them anymore. But again, appreciate you watching the podcast. It's sad that the uh, last couple of minutes there got cut off. But again, thanks for watching and look forward to seeing you soon. Peace.